Gearing up for the end of the summer break, welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Hand of Pod, episode 322. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by Tony. Hello. English Dan. Hello and welcome. And Andres. Hello, Sam. We have kind of a regular panel going now for this uh, January, and this is the third episode of the year, but the first sort of proper episode um, of the second half of the season, because the Superliga has now recommenced, and it recommences mm-hmm. properly on Friday. Um, there have been a couple of games already played. There's one game being played in about an hour and a half from when we record. We're recording Wednesday evening at nine o'clock, I think it is. Uh, River Plate played the second of their games in hand against Union. We do have two results to fill you in on since we last recorded. In fact, no, we've got four results to fill you in on since we last recorded. Um, two at, at Super Liga level. Those were River Plate nil, Defensa y Justicia one. Um, and San Lorenzo nil, Huracan nil over the weekend. We'll talk about those in a second. And we will also be talking about Argentina <coughs> under-20s 1, Paraguay under-20s 1, and um, Argentina under-20s nil. Uh, was it Ecuador? Ecuador. Yeah, Ecuador under-20s 1, um, the latter of which was just played yesterday in the Sudamericano Sub-20, which leaves Argentina with an uphill struggle. Um, we're going to start with the Superliga and the games that have taken place. Uh, River lost their uh, another yet another fairly lengthy unbeaten home run. Um, I think there were twelve league games or something like that unbeaten um, in the Monumental. Uh, they were beaten by Defensive Udicia. It was a smart free kick from someone's name I've forgotten. Fernandez. Um, was it not? Was it Fernandez? Yes. Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, they were the scorer. Hmm? Yeah. No, it was uh, the, the Paraguayan that played for Lanús, I think. Ashala? You should. No, no. Uh, <laughs> the different paragraphs. Some will tell you now, but it's, it was not uh, Nicolas Fernandes. Muting my phone because mm-hmm. somebody just tried to call me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I will tell you in a second, though. Hopefully, if this app works quickly enough for me to tell you. Here we are, Torneo. I know Rojas. Rojas. Smart free kick under the under the wall and into the far corner. Um, I think. It was on the stroke of half-time, and I think River had sort of been largely a bit better during the first half and then didn't really do very much during the second. They looked sluggish. Yes, it was similar to every match in which the second half was better for River in terms terms of the possession, ball possession, because they have the ball mostly all of the second half uh, and and, uh, made defensive justicia be in their their side, but uh, they weren't able to... To uh, create any real chances or, or dangerous options, and well, defensive justicia defended as they could, but did it well, not being able to to get any counter attack. Mm. Uh, but well, they know they know what they are playing for, and they know how to play at that point. Uh, now they are of course three points behind Racing, 
And the the one team, time I wanted River to get a result. <laughs> the, the only team, you let me down, guys. You let me down. That the only team that hasn't lost any match uh, at, at this point. So that is something they deserve to be and there. They've kept their squad together, right? I mean, I know there were certain rumours surrounding defensive Cordicia players. Uh, there was a guy who was going to go to Boca, Lisandro Martinez. Okay. It's very heavily linked to Boca, and I think uh, we're just talking. I don't know if Sam will leave our ramblings in or he'll cut them out when we're trying to work out who scored for the defensive Cordicia. But the guy who didn't score, Nicolas Fernandez, I think he's been linked to a couple of players. But by and large, they've kept the same team, which is very important for from because generally, when, um, when one of these, I'm, I don't want to say lesser teams, but I think you all kind of know what I'm getting at a non. Big five or even a non Boca River team. Yeah. Uh, have a good six months or in defensive called Disius case a little bit longer. Uh, the tendency is for people to come swoop in and yeah, dismantle absolutely. their team. So they, they've, they've certainly, I'm just looking down the um, current squad list and they've, they've kept most of the key players yeah. in there. Um, Leonel Miranda is, is the really big one, I think. He was the best player on the pitch on Saturday. Um, called and, called and Lolo. Yeah. Lolo Miranda, because of the guitar player of a band here in Argentina called Miranda, who's. Uh, Guitar player is called like that, Lolo, and he's from Miranda. So that's why he's called Lolo. <laughs> well, this, the nicknames in Argentina are, are do, do, that creative. But uh, that, there's another Lisandro who finally will play for Boca, I think, Lisandro Lopez uh, from Genoa. So I don't think that... Yeah, the other Lisandro, the one who was a, a centre-back at Arsenal de Sarandí, yeah. yes. and then went to... Somewhere else, I think. Rather than Sandro Lopez, who leads Racing's uh, front line, and is somewhat older. Yes, somewhat. Yes, but uh, and River had same problem that has been happening to them, which is after a short period of time in which they can uh, have a rest or or or, or have a preseason like like they had. Uh, they can't focus again into the matches and, of course, as a result, they, they can't play uh, fluently. Um, and but that's something, that perhaps the few things I criticize uh, or I see that aren't good from Gallardo, that he can't, or like we have been mentioning a lot here, uh, uh, for Copa Torres, players are, are at their 100% and for Superliga, they can't keep that uh, mental, perhaps, uh, focus. And as a result, of course, they, they, they couldn't play uh, the way they, 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 they would want. They've also lost one player who, okay, he's only one player, but he's, he's really vital to, um, to how they play. And, and as we discussed last week, he's not actually left. I think he has he left now. He remains in limbo, I think. Like. But um, he's, he's all but signed for Atlanta United. But as we discussed last week, even though he wasn't gone, Gachardo had sort of cut him out of the team because he, he not in a nasty way, but because he didn't want anybody whose head wasn't fully there, um, and that's Gonzalo Martinez, um, who they still haven't really identified a proper replacement for. I mean, there's still a lot of talk about Matias Suarez coming in from Belgrano, but what I was hearing earlier today is that they're looking at him more as um, sort of a, a replacement for Rodrigo Mora slash a backup for Ignacio Ecoc or Rafael Santos Borre, should anything happen to them rather than a direct replacement for Martinez. Well, he can play, I think, <coughs> all of the sides in, in, in attack. And well, I, I had said the, 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 during the, the last episode that I didn't see Matias playing for River. Finally, apparently he will. Uh, even when Belgrano is trying to delay this, uh, they, they expect uh, Matias Suarez to say 
in, in a conference, a press conference that he wants to leave Belgrano and play for River because they are their key player and they are of course fighting for not, not to, to be relegated and, and it will be a, a, a very high uh, price to pay for, for the directors and of course supporters mm. will insult them uh, and they will want to say this by by well Matias Suarez saying yes I want to leave and I want to go to River because it's a very important uh, step in my career blah, 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 blah. yeah well the thing with Suarez is that also he said that he wants to retire with Granada because it's surely his career <laughs> then, then suddenly River came along and tried to snatch him I, I wanted to I'm come sure back that a footballer will break his word like that is a real surprise I saw something with um, the journalist tweeted during the, the Alfaro de Boca stuff when that was still sort of all but confirmed but not quite and a lot of Huracan fans were really angry and this person said you know the thing that, that fans can't really appreciate or at least fans of, of clubs who aren't River or Boca sort of often fail to fully appreciate in Argentina is that the scale of those clubs of those two clubs is on such a completely different level to you know, even the rest of the big five in Argentina, as you yeah. sort of hinted at a, a minute ago, Dan, um, that regardless of who you support, even, even even if you support River and Boca come in for you, if one of those two clubs comes in for you, the the, the wonderful phrase that this guy used, which is one of my, my favourite phrases in Argentine uh, football journalism, the floor moves. Um, you know, it sort of it, it what you think you had is a sort of firm conviction if River or Boca come in for you, um, if you're in the world of Argentine football. Um, changes your paradigms and so I can kind of no I totally agree with yeah. that I'm that just saying you should probably just shut up before and oh, not yeah, say you're yeah, going to yeah, retire yeah. in these clubs you had all this yeah, yeah. That doesn't seem that's to all happen. I'm asking for you know but of course follow, that, you know, follow the money right. that doesn't seem to happen with Nandes uh, because he was at Boca and he died to play for Boca and then well Cagliari apparently doesn't have the money to pay 20 million which was obvious I think mm. uh, and, and the transfer perhaps uh, apparently has been uh, well it's yeah but I don't think it's the same situation because Nandes is not the same age as Suarez for example yes, I mean you can be the huge biggest fan of any club and suddenly you have the, the chance to expand your career when you have like how old is Nandes 25, 24 something like that about 24 I think yeah, yeah. I mean it's not the same age as Suarez Suarez is more than 30 no it's 30, he, 30 it's 30 okay yes. I mean, you, you can you can see the, the difference and in, 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 in terms of career when it when it comes not only to money or, or, or if you are not a fan or, or not, you you can understand like this kind of moves hmm. because it's an well, even more dif- different than Valerdi's move. Yeah, yeah, of course. 20, Nineteen years old. Hey, let's move to Borussia. Fifteen million dollars. No, no, I want to play for Boca, and I am a supporter of Boca. No, of course. Yeah, well, again, it's it's about your career and, and everything else, and it, it's, it's understandable. I, w- I wanted to to come back a little bit with to actually the game and, and s- uh, agree with 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 Andres. Yeah, let's try and circle back yeah, to with with the, the, the defense against this year. I I wanted to say kudos to to them because they actually try to plan something and they, they get away with it. I mean, they, they, they think like the game in a way and most of it, they understand how to play against River, a tire River, without a precision. They got uh, a bit lucky I, as well. But yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that, that happens in football, you know, yeah. because you can... Uh, we were talking about uh, the Spike and, and Bielsa. You can prepare all you want, but if you had an unlucky game, maybe you and you'll nil. Um, and I... 
come coming back to to the precision stuff and playing against teams that have already some understanding in each other and in, in the pitch. It's something similar that happens to Boca Union, for example. I mean, Union and Defensa Justicia are teams that doesn't change too much on the core at least, and they play like they used to play in the, the, the way they know how to play. They prepare a plan and execute it, and they play against teams that either they have a lot of signings or they're tired and without a precision to, to work with. Uh, and that show in the pitch. I mean, even if it wasn't one nil and you have lucky, uh, you, you, you can see that River wasn't actually there in defense of Justicia was uh, on the pitch focus and trying to, to do what they were told to do from, from Mega Sese. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it was something like you can see. From the River point of view, of course, we'll find out uh, before this podcast goes online, we will find out whether um, uh, Marcelo Gachardo has managed to put a bit of a rocket up his players' asses. Um, so if you continue to listen all the way to the very end after the music and everything, as usual, I will give you the full-time score um, of River versus Union later on. We'll move on to the Clásico, the neighbourhood Clásico. In a way. Uh, the, the biggest neighbourhood Clásico in the world, as they like to call it, San Lorenzo versus Huracán, um, which wasn't all that classic, actually. Nah. Um, it was mostly... My, it started out, actually, I thought, really well. The first half hour pretty open, couldn't really see it getting to half-time without a goal. And then Fabrizio Colaccini um, picked up a hugely controversial red card, which is one of those hugely controversial red cards, which is only hugely controversial because people get angry about things they shouldn't, in my opinion. Probably, yeah. And he, he tried a... What's the name for that turn? Really? I, I mean, I called it a drag-back turn on Twitter, but I can't... It's got a proper name, I can't... Is the a Zidane turn is, is, is the sort of the, or a Maradona turn or a Zidane turn um, is the term that uh, certainly that FIFA 98 players will know it as <laughs> uh, that was the last time I played FIFA um, and uh, you translate Pisada for example Pisada with a, it's a, like a turning with a well I would say drag back for that okay. I mean yeah. more or less it's not a perfect but yeah um, it, anyway you try one of those Hopefully you all know what I'm talking about. Anything um, <laughs> and and his, his sort of standing foot went straight into the stomach of Israel Damonte, who was sliding in to try to tackle him. Stomach um, and, and, and another part, sort of. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the midriff, let's yeah. say. <laughs> um, and he got sent off, which I thought was... You know, I saw the replay and I was like, yep, that looks like a red card to me. He, he's put his whole foot onto the upper body, middle body of an opponent. That, that's sending off the it's, it's, it's careless yeah. if, if, even if he didn't mean to do it I must say I didn't but, see the incident because uh, I wasn't at what's it then I think I was sleeping maybe in the first half of that game I think you, you were um, but from the sounds of it Colicini deserves a red card just for trying that move and trying and doing it so badly so I can't argue with it in theory at least like definitely for yeah. doing I think that it, he deserves a red it card was, it was worse for San Lorenzo the miss from Landy Mm. The <coughs> platinum miss. I mean, yeah. it was an open goal. You had to just hit it in. And it was just straight to the goalkeeper. It but was, um, you said people angry, and there were also journalists angry. Yeah. It's not the supporters. Oh, no, most, most of the people I follow on Twitter are, are journalists. Are journalists yeah, are people too. We're not people. This is what we're saying. <laughs> journalists and people. Our people? Yeah. Journalists and people will say will <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's yeah. like for for anyone that it's not usual uh, listener from Argentina. There, there was a a, a mythical uh, 
uh, on TV, like uh, a, 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 a text about an a accident, a headline, yeah, was an act about an accident that said that something like three mm -hmm. people die and one one from Bolivia, like people from Bolivia didn't. It's not like house fire, three three people dead and two Bolivians. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, it sounds like that. People and journalists. Anyway, I think um, the whole problem for San Lorenzo is that since Almiron is in charge, they they can't. Of course, in this case, it was uh, they have they, they were with ten men since Colocini was sent off. Yeah, but they can't <coughs> still can't. Uh, I mean, uh, define or or, or or play in a style you, you you will recognize or well Almiron style perhaps, which you can say Lanús. And then when I, perhaps Atletico um, uh, Nacional uh, wasn't that, that the same way, but it still can't. It's five, six matches, seven that uh, Amirani is in charge. And the other thing is that even in terms of that squad building, that there's been some sort of the way that I saw um, our good friend Phil Carney, uh, the, runner, <coughs> the, the, the runner, the owner of the Lanus in English Twitter account, puts it. Uh, who of course knows a thing or two about Jorge Almiron's managerial history um, the other day was he's got his favourites because they've just signed Roman Martinez yeah. San Lorenzo yes. from Deportivo Moron like a player going from a 38 year old player going from Moron to San Lorenzo that's like is Ricardo Caruso Lombardi managing them again? It's, and again you know, Atletico Tucumán had done a right with Mercier yeah. Hey, hey, man. Maybe that's who, what, who was he playing for before? Oh, he moved from San Lorenzo, yeah. didn't he? That's he what I'm saying. He's trying to recover that, third recover that spirit. Ortigos is still holding his Romagnoli is not the same age. Romagnoli's gone, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, the age of. of yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Roman Martinez, yeah. But crucially, none of them were signed from lower division sides. This is true. Um, it, oh. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I can't see an end in sight for San Lorenzo's current situation obviously we're basing this on one match but we're also basing it on as we said Jorge Almiron so far having seemed quite underwhelming since taking yeah, charge you're gonna think really they're done anything to address you that. think they're going to try and get through these last 10 games or, or so try and hold their own in the group stage of the Libertadores get to June in some sort of adequate shape and then rebuild the team right like you think I don't see any other option you know? I mean Obviously, they're not going to win the league this year, so... No, no, but... Uh, yeah, the Libertadores, I mean, they can win three games in the Libertadores, I'm guessing. That. That's got to be the main objective. The league is just yeah, kind of survival, basically. Not they, they can make it a fallout of themselves. They are 22 points behind Racing yeah. in the league, no. with 30 points to play for. They're, they're in 20 seconds. It's probably safe to say they're not going to win the league, then. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Perhaps the advice for a coach is not to get the team near end of the year perhaps because of course they won't be able to to have the players they, they want or, or they, they prefer same goes to perhaps uh, Mohamed for Huracan mm. uh, since Mohamed was going to be the coach of Boca finally Boca signed Alfaro who was the Huracan coach and then then uh, uh, Mohamed went to Huracan and he will have the same problem perhaps than Almiron since uh, even when Almiron has uh, He's in charge since uh, some more time, but uh, but there, there are two differences. I think one is that Mohamed well, kind of much better shape, has, of course. As, as we discussed last week, Antonio Mohamed and his family have got quite a history with Huracan. Oh, yeah. he, he knows yes. the club, and, and that counts. It, it certainly doesn't count for everything, but I think it helps. Um, and the other thing is that, as Daniel said, Huracan 
Mohamed is starting from a much higher base. I mean, Huracan, this point, kept them fourth. If they'd managed to win the game, they would have gone third. Uh, albeit, having played a game more than that, they've got Tucumán. Um, and it, it was, I think, from Huracan's point of view, actually quite a, a bad point. They, they were a man up for an hour. They didn't really offer much, did they? Like, in a way, it, it helped San Lorenzo out. Because, because after Colocini got sent off, Huracan, uh, San Lorenzo, sorry, were able to just sort of go, right, well, I guess it draws about the limit, we can go... Yeah. And they even at home, and, and they sat back and sort of said, "Well, come on, then break us down." Yeah. And the last half hour I watched, like San Lorenzo were the team that looked like they had the man up and were looking for the result. Mm. But I kind of just set for the point. I think I know that obviously it's been a very, uh, very unhappy hunting ground for Oregon over the years. They don't have the best of records in in that Clásico, and kind of a draw now has started to count. You know, the importance not to lose again to San Lorenzo. But yes. yeah, so, obviously it was Mohamed's first game. They've lost couple of key players it's not an easy situation and I think they will get better like, with a bit more time and obviously yeah. for Rakan the league probably is a little bit unrealistic but you think Copa Libertadores for 2020 has to be on the table right? Oh definitely yeah and uh, he smartly said that uh, even when he we, we all know that he <coughs> has a different style or he wants to play different way than Alfaro that he won't touch a lot of things because the team has gone mm. quite well with oh. Alfaro playing like that. Mm. That's why. Uh, um, Who's in goal now, by the way, for Rakan? Do we know? Have they brought a keeper? Hang on. Yeah, they, they hired the goalkeeper from Cerro Porteño, which I don't remember the name right now, but that's a fact. <laughs> I will try to hop out with the name in a second. The, 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 I can get there first. The goalkeeper who was playing it, it is. <laughs> against San Lorenzo uh, was Anthony Silva. Anthony Silva. And ah, then they hired Lucas yeah. Barrios from Colo Colo and, and Javier Mendoza. Mm. Yes. Lucas Barrios was, was quite disappointing, I thought, but then it's his first game. He's also not getting any younger. We're talking about a lot of no. ancient signings. Yeah. Anthony Silva's a solid keeper. Like He's got a very good pedigree around South America who's been... Mm. He's been around for years. Like they shouldn't lose too much. I don't think. I would also. I would also like to, uh, before we uh, stop talking about this game altogether, like like to give a, a couple of words of recognition for Antonio Mohamed's dress sense, um, which I, there were one or two comments on it from Argentine Twitter as well. And one of them, I think it was a headline in, in La Nación that I saw. It was a headline somewhere. It look cool. The cool look. I mean, all I'm going to say is that I have a very different idea of what is cool than. Whichever editor or sub-editor um, <laughs> drafted that headline, uh, he had on a nice enough sort of smart casual suit, I guess, with a pair of basketball trainers. Um, it was remarkable. As I said on Twitter during the game, you can take. He spent a lot of time outside Buenos Aires, but clearly that hasn't affected his dress sense. Um, well, if you if you spend time hanging out in certain bits of Buenos Aires, in certain bars in Buenos Aires, then you'll know what I mean. He went to Vigo, not to Milan. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, it is it is very fashionable this way these days to uh, wear uh, a suit with 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 sneakers, not of course basketball trainers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand that either. The the uh, suit and and, and sneakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But well, I've done it. So for 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 the uh, listeners and the, the fashion uh, tip. From Hannah Potties, don't wear a suit and don't wear sneakers. And, 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 and we have Mohammed wearing it. <laughs> do wear something. And, and, and incredibly, we have a subject for the Hannah Podectra 
episode, I think. Ah, well, we'll keep that secret. If you want to hear what it is, then you'll have to be a Hand of Pop Patreon subscriber. Yes. Good excuse to get a plug in there, Andres. Well done. Almost as if we'd scripted it. Um, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash handofpod and giving us $5 or more per month. I hope at least Andres is going to tell us because I'm, I'm in the dark and it's going to be very hard to record. Well, yeah, ho- hopefully we'll find out when we come to recording it. Uh, before we end this first half of the podcast, um, I would uh, like to say a few words. I don't think that there's really an awful lot that we can talk about as such. I don't know whether they've had a question about it, but since he is an Argentine footballer, or possibly was an Argentine footballer, it would be remiss of us not to mention Emiliano Sala um, with the situation that's going on. I had completely forgotten about him, but when I saw the name in the headlines when I woke up yesterday... Um, I seem to remember he had a really good season with Nantes about two years ago because I, I, I remember talking about him on, on Hand of Pod. I can't remember which episode it would have been. I can't remember exactly how long ago it was. Um, but, uh, but fingers crossed uh, that, that he's uh, found, although from what we're hearing at the moment it seems unlikely. Yeah, I think sadly at this point it's, it's very, very unlikely this yeah. story's going to happen. I said something on, on Reddit on a... On a, on a on a thread like um, I, I hope they just find him like in, in any case yeah. either either it's if it's alive because it would, be, it would be like literally a miracle mm. or just found him because it, it's it's sad to prolong the the, the, the the mystery of the familiars and friends to don't know where he is yeah, no, totally. And, and I mean, I think one of the most telling comments in that regard that I, I saw was uh, I was reading uh, The Guardian sort of did an update on it this morning. Um, morning Argentine time, of course. I imagine it was the afternoon in the UK. Um, and they highlighted a quote from on Instagram or on Twitter or something from his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Who apparently sort of said, you know, we, we need to investigate the football mafia because they... Things don't seem right about this. And on the one hand, I mean, when, when I first read it, my thought about that was, oh, for fuck's sake, like, really? You're going to blame it on that? But equally, she's clearly not in a good place at the moment. And, yeah. and I very much doubt that anybody who knows him as well as she does is. No, um, and it's, you know, precisely that kind of thing that, yeah, I mean, but it, hopefully it she gets some closure. Even, even, that, even when it perhaps has not, nothing to do with mafia and, and corruption and that, uh, it's strange how... Apparently, the, well, the, the the Cardiff chief or, yeah. or owner said that uh, they didn't own, uh, order the the flight to well, be. They, they offered to apparently, and, and yeah. either commercial. Or they, it wasn't very clear, but somebody said, "No, no, don't worry, we'll, we'll sort it out. We'll sort it out ourselves." Um, but yeah, and, and even Argentinian, an Argentinian uh, former pilot, I think, uh, said it's uh, it's crazy, it's it's insane to uh, fly over the. Over there with a, 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 a little plane mm. with only one one. You say that like that. Hundreds yeah. of these flights must take place every single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, England, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. absolutely, hundreds. You know, or from the Channel Islands or. But with a flight with a plane like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, definitely. Yeah. That's all. Um, no, it was just a very, very uh, fortunate, tragic, yeah, uh, occurrence. Like, yeah, not much you can do. Anyway, on that rather sombre note, we will call half-time, and when we come back, uh, we will talk about something a little bit more cheerful, not much, uh, which is Argentina under-20s performance so far in the Sudamericano Sub-20. Don't go away.
The Sudamericano Sub-20 is underway. We said uh, last week or the week before that Argentina had a decent-looking squad, um, but that it was difficult to say because obviously we'd never really heard of any of the players in any of the other teams because they're all under-20s. Um, and so far, that's kind of been borne out by the performances. Um, the opening round of matches in Argentina's group was the round that Argentina had free, so they didn't play last Friday. Was Friday? Yeah, it was Friday. Um, but they made their bow in the competition on Sunday when they took a half-hour lead through Maxi Romero, only to be um, victims of an equaliser. Mm. Yeah, yeah right, you can put it that way. Um, on the stroke of half-time, in, in first-half stoppage time, from, uh, what's his first name, Martin, was it? The, the, the last name is Nyamandu, which is a fantastic surname, yeah. uh, and end up drawing 1-1 with Paraguay in spite of being largely on top. And then, as I said a minute ago, or a few minutes ago, um, on Tuesday evening, or Tuesday afternoon, they drew, no they didn't, they lost 1-0 to Ecuador um, in a little bit of an iffy situation. I, I was reminded in both games, really, of, um, I have a, a DVD box set, which I bought... 10 or 15 years ago um, on the history of world football it's, it's really really well produced it's like documentary six discs each one's about an hour and a half or two hours long interviews with, with some huge names in the history of football and it covers you know every region in the world and stuff and uh, when it gets to the Latin American section they, they quote someone I can't remember who it's the quote from I can't remember what they actually mention it but it sounds like it could be Borocoto one of those sort of 1930s El Grafico writers who says something along the lines of if you've got one Argentine in your team then you can have a good team if you've got two Argentines in your team then you could have a great team but if you've got 11 Argentines in your team then you don't have a team um and that is kind of how I felt on Sunday, watching, particularly on Sunday, uh, watching the game against Paraguay. Could we make Loads an addendum? Of individual skill. Could we make a possible addendum to this? Go on. Uh, if you have alleged 11 Argentines in your team and a Batista sitting on the bench, <laughs> you definitely don't have a team. Indeed. Plenty of individual skill, plenty of, of uh, expression, plenty of playing football in inverted commas the way it ought to be played, um, but not so much collective collectivity um, yeah, collective, about collectivity. But how many episodes before we mentioned that Batista was the had been confirmed as the, as the coach three or four it was actually it wasn't in an episode it was in the Hunter Pod Extra episode uh, from last month which happens to be the one that I made free for everybody so if you want a taste of Hunter Pod Extra to see what Patreon subscribers can get then you should go and listen to that one uh, on patreon.com slash handlepod and then go to posts and you'll be able to see it, hopefully. So even if we turn it into an episode about nepotism in the end, right? Yes, yes. exactly, yeah. I, I think Guardiola could, have, could uh, be a, uh, do it a better job with Argentina in the 20s, but he's not a magician, he's a coach. So uh, no, there is no coach that could possibly build a team in one month. No, as uh, we said before, this guy took over... Even Juanito uh, Atista. Once, when the uh, shortness of the Sudamericano was already decided, he eventually picked his 23 players out of, I think, were, there were 35. But in the week, I think, between him taking over and the squad coming up, how many players could he see? How much time did he have watching them training? Like, on what criteria would he have picked the squad? Um, it just, it's, again, like, I feel we get tired of repeating ourselves every two years because this is... 
So if we started in 2010, we've already had 2011, 2013, 15, 17. This is our fifth youth cycle uh, as a podcast. But it's, it's, and it's, it's always the same question we're talking about. The thing, a different coach question. every time. I don't think a single coach has repeated from one cycle to another, right? No. Uh, obviously, completely different players because that's the nature of youth football. But yeah, we're just tired of saying the same things. There's no system. You watch Argentina, and as Sam said correctly, they show a few individual skills, but there's kind of no system in place. We got to. Uh, Although that's also partly the nature of youth football. I, I was um, when I was in Barcelona in, in November. I was talking to um, the coach of. Uh, Mataró Futsal Club, who are one of the sort of front runners in in the Spanish regionalised, but it's the Spanish second division. I wasn't talking to him because I'm like a big name in Spanish football journalism. I was talking to him because he's married to my cousin, um, and we went along. I, I went along with him to to watch one of his club's uh, youth team games. I think it was an under fifteen game, and he sort of made the point at this age, like until they get to about maybe eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. They're all really selfish. They just want to show off how good they are. Two of the kids in his team are in the Catalan national team. In, in the, sorry, the Spanish national team. Uh, I think the Spanish national team. Um, and, um, you know, even they were... You could tell that, that everybody in the, in, in the side was really talented. But none of them were interested in playing collectively. No, obviously. I mean, yeah. under, under like 15 level, thing. it's a lottery. I, I yeah. think I can only remember one player come through, really from schoolboy level, which... I remember very vividly, which was Michael Owen way back in the day. Um, but at the same time, if you'd have to make the comparison, how many of this Argentina under twenty team were in the under seventeens uh, two years ago? Mm. Yeah, well, but but where is the progression? How you, many of them? But then you, you don't have a project. That, um, we were talking about well, that's this, it. Yeah, uh, that's uh, exactly uh, it. before we start recording. Yeah. You don't have a project, and yeah. you don't have a strong uh, even. Uh, only on the dressing room you don't, you don't have a strong personality like it was Beckerman to say okay you're all talented but you have to play collectively because in, in a way of potential when you, you saw the potential of, of the 1995 team for example it's not very far away from what we saw now I mean Colidio is great Valerdi is great Maxi Romero is great and they all, they all uh, had that potential at that age but Peckerman was wise enough to tell them, if you don't work hard enough, you're not playing. Mm-hmm. And they, he worked for a long time scouting and, and talking to them and, and make them feel how he was to play for a national team. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have this stuff in, in Argentina for like a decade. And, and it shows, and it shows with Venezuela, mm-hmm. and, and you brought about this, um, they have a project. The, the, the yeah, because Dudamel, the coach, takes control of both teams. Like, obviously, Venezuela were indirectly uh, bene- benefited, I think, from not having a World Cup, so they could just say from kind of 2016 onwards, yeah. like, everything we do is going to be for under-20s because we're going to build a team. For yeah, but and as you said last week, they very much had an under-20 World Cup in... Was it two years ago? 2017, yeah. Runners up to England, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. a couple of the, like their stars now are the youngest players from that team who yeah. have kind of come in. You'd have to see like how many of I don't think Argentina have a single player who was in the 2017 generation that that are now. But well, it's a good thing about the scholar in, in in that regard, for example. But Peckerman times were times in which you were quite sure that the players that were. Playing the under twenty national teams, then they will go to the yeah. major. Yeah. The, 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 
the na- national team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this case, it doesn't happen, and I, I didn't see selfishness. But I, I, what I watched was a team that was like quite previable. Like, well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean selfishness as such, but just a kind of a desire to be kind of. I want to show how good I am. Rather than so, it's not exactly selfishness, but it's not playing for the greater good of the team either. If that makes sense, mm. yeah, um, it does. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, carry on, Andres. No, that uh, I watched a team that you uh, perhaps the rival knew what they will what were going to do because it was similar movements uh, quite all the time. Not nothing very mm. surprising or, or surprising, uh, and I think that is that shows clearly the lack of preparation mm. and. And, and to prepare players to adapt to different situations, uh, it's like they play like they know how to play and, and nothing else. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it feels like they're just going to win because I know I play in Europe and they just going to walk on the pitch and, and play. It feels a little bit like that. This is no real effort to try something different. If it, even if the coach doesn't tell you to to play that way, mm. I mean you should be brave enough to try something different. And, and you, you mentioned Valerdi, for example. Valerdi is perhaps good value or, or, or a valuable player, but he, in the middle of the uh, preparation, the short preparation for the under-20s, the Americano, he was traveling to, to Germany to uh, sign his contract to Bayern, Bayern, Borussia Dortmund. And he was with his head there. Yeah, actually, he's still playing because of that, apparently. I mean, there's some people that is in Chile that said that, that Valerdi should not play because he has... He's hit somewhere else, which I can fool him. But you should be like strong enough or either wise enough to say, okay, I'm, I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm not ready to play. Call someone else if you want to. And try, I don't know. Ironically, while we've been talking, by the way, Chile have taken the lead against Brazil with quite a nicely worked team goal, um, which uh, puts the 1 0 up. Yeah, we can say time. Brazil. Yeah. Brazil haven't been much. Better to be honest. Nah. I know 2017 they were very disappointing. I think they even missed out on the World Cup, right? Yeah, from they did, rightly. They did. And this year they drew the first match against Colombia. Were pretty lucky to get a win against Venezuela, I think, because Venezuela yes. had some some very good chances. Um, Real Madrid's future star Rodrigo got. Yeah, I was, I was, I was to say that. Yeah, I mean, you have someone that's yeah. going to go to Real Madrid. How you put your your head on the Sud American Subbanger? Well, he's got two goals. Yeah, well, but it, it shows the, the the mentality and determination to try and yeah. just keep doing his. his no, trait. I think the point yeah. I want to make is that under twenty football as well is a little bit of a lottery. Um, yeah, mm. you know, sometimes even the best laid plans can go awry because it's such an unpredictable um, age group. But Argentina definitely don't have the thing is even no, decent laid plans. Now Argentina will play tomorrow against Uruguay, and then on Saturday they play, play against Peru. It's two yeah. days. It's 48, uh, 48 hours from one match to the other because be, they were. It will have been forty-eight hours between all their games because Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Because they were free, they had free uh, uh, in the first round. They didn't play because they are five teams. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's very short time to. to, yeah. to they basically have to win the two it's, games. It's forty-eight hours between the first two, and then they've got well forty-six hours between the first game ending and the second one at the beginning. Nice. 48 hours between the second one ending, the, the one against Ecuador, and this one against Uruguay starting, and then 
44 hours between Uruguay, Argentina finishing and Argentina, Peru beginning because that's at 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. There you go. Yeah, well, but so, every yeah, team has not, the same per yeah, yeah. With, yeah. with the time, so it's no excuse if you want to. No, no, I'm not making excuses. I, I just. Uh, and we criticize AFA and, and, and the organization. This is really crazy. Mm. How, how they, even when they are kids, and they are, they, are, they are stopping at the 25 minutes of every half to, to drink. Yeah. Water and, and but they made them play every two yeah weeks. maybe they should choose another time of the well, year to do this. It's a, it's a it's a something that has to do with perhaps the calendar. But what other time of the year would you put it? Yeah, there's no other time. Like. Yeah, during the true. season, obviously, yeah. during the club season. Yeah, well, but the under twenty one have it in the South American winter. Then that's the European summer, and you're going to get even more kids distracted by. European yeah, probably, but even the World Cup, it's in May. Mm. Yeah, but you have to qualify for the World Cup. Which of is course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you can do it in November. Uh, I don't know. Mm. At least it's a little bit less hot. We'll see. Anyway, um, it's not sort of all gloom and doom because uh, doom and gloom. Sorry, because the first three teams in Argentina's group go into the final um, six-team round robin group stage, um, and at the moment, of course, Argentina are bottom with a point, but they're only. Uh, Three points behind Paraguay in second, and only two points behind Uruguay in third, and Peru in fourth. Um, and with those two teams still to play, so it's very much in Argentina's hands still. And it has to be said as well that you know, having watched um, most of the teams, or I think all of the teams in in the tournament, they've been one of the more entertaining sides to yes, watch, even though the results haven't accompanied it, and even though, as we say, there have been some issues with actually how much of a team they've been playing as. Um, so if they can improve a little bit if, if, if they can stick the ball in the net a couple of times um, against Uruguay would be a good place to start uh, tomorrow evening or Thursday evening um, then you know they, they could still turn it around certainly but uh, at the moment it, it's not looking fantastic uh, there, there, there are issues and, and those issues will be there whether Argentina managed to get into the final group stage and then qualify for the World Cup or not yes um, what else have we got to talk about was it just listeners questions after this questions and then I'm guessing we're doing Mystic Sam or something and yeah the fixture the fixture of the we've got games against Sam we've got a league yeah round. just just yeah. to, just to point it out tomorrow is the, our draw after Copa America oh, yes. it's not today tonight no, no tomorrow oh it is I, have I was actually invited and I said no I can go <laughs> I'm too far away <laughs> I have just remembered actually something else that I wanted to mention and that is uh, we said last week that uh, I want to try and cover women's football in a bit more depth this year on Hunter Pod um, that it, it's been in the headlines uh, yesterday and today um, because yesterday I can't remember her name Macarena Sanchez um, took we were saying towards the end of last year that why Urquiza, UAI Urquiza, um, although they are like a third or fourth division side in, in the men's game here in Argentina, uh, they've got one of the top women's yes. uh, sides in the continent, not just in Argentina. And it's one um, of the few privately run sides in Argentina because obviously indeed, it's yeah. owned by the university, yeah, not to, by to, the yeah. To give but a little bit of also, context, most of the, the local uh, players of the Argentinian women's team Hmm. It's from Wajorkiza. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they might not be playing there now, but they're, they're products of that yeah. academy. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they are uh, privately run does not mean that they are professionally run. Perhaps somebody should point this out as a case study to Mauricio Macri in terms of what he's trying to do to the men's game uh, and the law that he passed just yesterday regarding uh, privatisation in Argentine sport. Um, Another law, Jesus. Because she has taken them to court over 
essentially unpaid wages because supposedly she's an amateur, as are all Argentine female footballers. Um, but there is a situation which is kind of, in Spanish, it's called like undercover employment or something, where they give you a fake contract or they give you, they sort of say, well, we'll employ you as like a part time cleaner in the university yeah. or something, but actually you're going to be playing football for us. So and it's a very been... similar situation, right, to the to kind of the issues that launched the whole professionalism dispute yeah. back in the 30s. Which is the point that her press statement, in fact, yeah. that she released on Twitter yesterday made. Um, that uh, during it, on, on, in the press statement she said in, in the 30s but I think she meant to say in the 20s because of course football term professional men's football term professional in 1931 um, the, the same kind of this, this black market um, uh, situation yeah, in, in which players were expensive expenses right and yeah, the DMs yeah. and, and essentially they've, they've sort of, they haven't been paying her and, and they've refused to release her from a contract so she mm-hmm. can't do very much and so she's saying well Okay, I, I was just I was told that I'm no longer a Wyorkisa player, but they're not going to let me sign for any other Argentine yeah. club. Oh. Uh, so she's taken them to court, and good luck with that. And this has re- resulted in a cascade um, of uh, tweets from from her colleagues in the Argentine national team, from other female footballers in Argentina, um, all calling for the the women's game to be made professional in Argentina um, as soon as possible. So. Yeah, and, and I think it's a good time just to, to add a little bit because, well, the, the team uh, after the playoff uh, qualified for the World Cup. Yeah. And they have a tough group, but they, they, after a decade, they're in the, in, the, in the World Cup. And also, it's in the back of the signing of uh, Sole Jaimes to the biggest uh, team in Europe right now in, in women's football, which is Lyon. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of... Uh, shows the contract because she uh, the, the signing of, of Jaimes to Lyon um, made some headlines. I mean, that has to be the biggest move that an Argentine yeah. female footballer has made. Yeah, 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 probably. And, and it, just to add it a little bit, I feel very proud because she's from the, the town, town I was born. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, we have someone famous <laughs> that it actually had value and not just someone from the, 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 the show business. Um, but it, it, it came in a good timing because you, you show that you show that move from China to, to Lyon how professional Argentinian footballers can be in, in the women's game and, and this came up a week later and shows that contract and I, uh, construct and, and it feels great yes, to, and, and to Argen- show the spotlight Argentinian national team I mean women national team players have, have, uh, this claim comes from a, a lot of time ago because they are they have been saying I think last year uh, yeah I think we mentioned right uh, during the I, I believe it was a Copa America yeah Copa America last yeah. year that yeah. the kind of the women's squad in their entirety came yeah. out and said look we're getting paid something like 500 pesos a day yes. the DMs when the perhaps they bought the tickets they're having to yeah, pay their own way to get down and there was a big protest in the middle of yeah, and which they were ignored by Adidas when the shirt came out and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't put ah, the, the, okay. the right Adi- the spotlight. Yeah, Adidas used a model instead a of model, one of the players. In Colombia, they did the same. The Colombia shirt, has yeah. a strong team when it comes mm-hmm. to women's football. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't show the, 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 the true spotlight on the women's football that it should have. Yeah. And, and I think it's good. I think it's, it's good that it's called to be professionalized because the team is growing, the league is growing. The, yeah. There is show on, on, on TV and it, it, it's a good and timing. Every, every it's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a struggle, I think, because is, even yeah. you know at this stage, like the women's game is kind of getting more exposure, but you still have to think like, can it sustain a 
a fully professional team like if, across if, the league. If, if I know a lot of teams obviously because they're uh, sporting associations, they do have the ability to kind of subsidise yeah. it for yeah. men's football as they do with hockey, with mm. boxing, with all these other sports. That's not so much of an issue, but fully professional is. It's, it's a way come, off. I think it's, still, even if they yeah. decided can't, though, I would think that there's still there still has to be maybe the option to look into something like the sort of central contract system that runs in like English cricket, for instance, where a lot of players are actually contracted to the English cricket board rather yeah. than to the club. Unlike the and which works in rugby, of course. In yeah, exactly. Time rugby, they have the same... Precisely. Yeah, so it's, it's not as if... Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're quite right. The, the example that I came out with was from uh, a, a, a very English and almost exclusively English and Indian and Australian sport that nobody else in the world cares about. But in fact, it's not an idea that's alien entirely to Argentine sport. No. I think it, it, it bears looking into, surely. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. As a maybe a halfway house if they can't yet go fully professional. Um, anyway. I don't know about the legality of that in football, though, because I don't know of any precedent uh, in football. FIFA. No, MLS does the same. You are contracted to the MLS. There we go. To the league, but not yeah, to a national not to the, team. Not to a team, yeah. yeah. No, it's something to look at, like. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll move on to listeners' questions. Um, we have had some. Wayward from Hayward says, uh, there's been a lot of transition at Boca Juniors. Briefly, will they be a top four team this Superliga? This Superliga? This no. You'd have the to one running? Will they finish top four? If they can make that. They've got a lot of games in hand. Yeah, six, and they have two games. I can see them getting top four, top five, yeah. Yeah, probably. Should, that's it a minimum that I have to, yeah. have to aim for. At the moment, they are sixth. They have two games in hand, yeah. and they are on 24 points. Or a can of fourth with 27, so it's it's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah they will be top 40. Yeah, but five. from from Boca's perspective... I love Andres' gut reaction. I, no, no, no chance. <laughs> from, from Boca's perspective... Uh, and I know where the phrase top four came from, like probably British football. They, they will it qualify they, 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 But it's not they have the same ring than in England, so being fourth for Boca is like... No, yeah, but at the, the very top, least, top uh, yeah, to assure Copa Libertadores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But they have to win Copa Libertadores, they have to win Superliga, and they have to win the Supercopa. And the Champions League because they want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's Boca. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Hayward also says, "Is the Mexican league a better managing gig than Argentina?" Yes. Uh, Money-wise, yeah, yeah. paid, which I guess is uh, more who's, who's, It's not a minor consideration. He's landed there now, Martin Palermo, right? He's gone yes. to uh, Pachuca. 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 Yeah. Which I was to say Yeah, just me. Um, so yeah, I think that, that's a fairly. Didn't Caxa go bust once? I remember they used to be. Sorry. Sorry? Didn't Caxa go bust a few years ago? Or they had some sort of financial meltdown. Possibly. Probably, oh, yeah. But that's for another podcast Indeed. in a different or country. In, in a, Twitter. In literally a different <laughs> podcast, yeah. Uh, Racing Club in English says, It's a bit selfish, but I missed a lot in the world of Argentinian football over the past six months. <laughs> Could you do a quick recap of the most important happenings? Well, Racing for you. Racing is top. Yeah, Racing yeah. top. Yeah. yeah, that's the only thing you need to know. <laughs> what can we say? River won the Libertadores, didn't win the Cardboard Cup. Uh, were you in a, in a Croatian yeah. chamber or something? If you if you need <laughs> to uh, listen to back episodes, then they're available yeah, on yeah. handapod.com. Uh, sorry, no, they're not. They're available on handapod.wordpress.com. So go and check them out. There. Also, Boca in Lampe. Yeah. <laughs> the important stuff. In and Google Morro Garcia, please. Yes. Uh, Simon Clark says, obviously, Sam, thoughts will be the, the Salah family. But beyond that, how excited should Premier League fans be about Gonzalo Higuain playing in England? None, nothing. Yeah, he'll get goals. 
I'm guessing probably not in important Pro- matches. Yeah. But again, probably because Huddersfield he, and uh, Crystal Palace maybe will get done. He, he he worked very well on, under Sarri, but yeah. it would be like quite an achievement to do something. Well, in, I'm just in, hoping he doesn't do well enough to push his way into the Copa America. Yeah, all that I'll also. Like. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how many, what the threshold is for him to get back in Copa America? Let me say, yeah, who, who wants a striker who regularly gets goals for the national team? Like. When was the last two games that he plays? When know? was the last CYM goal for the national team? In qualifiers or the Copa America, plenty. But the Copa America was three years ago. He doesn't do them in finals, as I said before. But the reason that they were in those finals but is he because hasn't he scored goals in the previous. I round. don't think like you can check this if you want, but he hasn't scored for Argentina. I think since 2016. Oh no, totally. But he's also yeah. not really played for Argentina since. Then. He has I mean, I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement that he probably it's time to move on from the national right. side. Yeah, but, uh, it's I, I agree with other listener who asked something different from me. Uh, I think that some will read it right now. But if I were in an Iguain liver or fan, I would say, look, he no. knows. He knows. He has been living in Madrid, Naples, Turin, Milan, and now London. Great. So Let him work as a travel guide. I don't want him yeah, to right, yeah. national team. <laughs> so I mean, we we can't fault his. Uh, gold scoring record, we can't. But he struggled really hard in Milan to get goals. I mean, actually, he had oh, a they're, they're crap. I know they're like, crap. But <laughs> anyway, you 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 we'll should see how Piacek does now. You should you, 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 you should you we'll shouldn't uh, celebrate like you won the World Cup when you score one goal. When, when, for this Milan side, I think. <laughs> now, 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 with the Hazard, I think he will be. We have more He's, he's going to get some slightly better service. Uh, Simon also says, Have I translated this correctly? I've ordered can signed a doctor in Javier Mendoza. This has us absolutely now, stumped. Well, it had us absolutely stumped until he responded to me with, <laughs> ah. uh, with what he was talking about, which was a news tweet saying that uh, it, essentially it turns out, no, Simon, you haven't translated it correctly. What happened is uh, he went for his medical. Ah. Um, <laughs> that makes so a lot more That's a nice quick answer. I want to make a shirt. And he that. didn't do his own medical. We can, we can no, be fairly sure. Probably right. not. Although you never know. Unless you're. This is Argentine football we're talking about. Who really? Well, it might be a nickname of his, like El Doctor Mendoza. Or... Mm. Uh, Lee Bartlett says, "Are Godoy Cruz any closer to returning to their spiritual home at the Feliciano Gambarte?" The last I heard was that fans were campaigning for the return, no. the ground was freshened up, but as yet there's still no return. Have there been any developments? No. I put this to um, my Twitter following and got a few responses from Godoy Cruz fans, and essentially the answer is no. no. Okay. Uh, so they, he got carried away because of the San Lorenzo. Ruinously thing. expensive by Argentina. Yes, one month ago, Mansour, the president, said this. Yeah, they were re, uh, apparently reconstructing the stadium up until. Um, 20, in, in 2017 there was a storm or something in Mendoza and well the Sonda which mm-hmm. is um, one of the winds that blows up from the south if, if you're a, a, a petrol head uh, then the Pagani Sonda that incredibly fast um, supercar uh, is named after this wind because the person who designed it is from Mendoza is that right? yep um, things we learn on the pod yeah no, the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, education. I was a petrol head when I was a teenager that's how I know that that um, almost makes anyway. this question worth it, I think. Just, it just to get that little um, bit of trivia. But the, the sonda blew up from the south particularly strongly in 2017, and it literally blew the roof off the stadium, uh, which has cost which, them a fair bit of money. Which was already uh, disoccupied, let's say. Indeed, yeah. Um, and which they've been remodelling for some time, but it's right. just too expensive for them to open it. So the answer, Lee, is no. Yeah. Um, 
Lawrence Hart says, how seriously is Defensa Justicia's title challenge being taken in Argentina? Mm, well, if you're talking about the press, you only care about Gokan River. Yeah. Ve- very, start. very seriously on Saturday evening, because they've just beaten River in the yeah. world. Well, I, get the feeling, yeah. Yeah. I get the feeling, talking to a couple of Racing fans, like, they weren't displeased with the, um, with the result either, because they would rather have seen, you know, River's title bid obliterated which right because River are miles behind but they've got even now three games exactly yeah. so yeah it's kind of like they'd well, rather just get River out of the way mm. and worry about the physical this year later there is a certain amount of underestimation I think which it's kind of hard to avoid because obviously it's defensive this year what right do they have to win a title you know I, I, I think that but yeah if they get to obviously um, I think we mentioned a couple of times the last game will be Racing I was about to Google Odisea. that yeah um, away for Racing, I believe, in Florencia Varela. Is it? Believe you so. Yeah. That, that be a Racing. No, 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 it wasn't Racing. It's a Racing. Ah, it's in a cylindro. Ah, that's better. Um, yeah, <laughs> have the, hopefully the won't come to that. <laughs> you can relax. <laughs> a bit. We'll see. Like, I think a lot of people are still waiting for the physical DC to slow down, and it hasn't happened yet, and it's not that if, long if, ago. If the title, challenge, the title is decided in that game, I want to go with you. To the stadium just to see it. I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna be hiding under my bed and <laughs> subbing silently and not so silently. Lawrence also says, bearing in mind the giant steps that defensive DC have taken in a short time, a championship win would be much bigger than Leicester's. I think the Argentine League is a bit less of a close shop than the Premier League, so I'm not really sure that that's true. No, yeah, be there's been a few, story. yeah, there's, 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 there's been a few serious league winners. Uh, Lawrence yes. also says another question about Iguain. Bearing in mind his age, is Iguain's loan move only to Chelsea? Uh, sorry, is Iguain's loan move to Chelsea in reality just a chance for him to practice his English before a move to MLS? Yes, yes. Good, we're universal on that one then. And Arch <laughs> Bell says, where will Becacese be coaching next season? You've got to think that one of the grandes will hire him, yeah? Uh, Independiente, perhaps? If Holland leaves? I don't think he's, he's, he's fit for a, a grande. I don't think he wants to be. Okay. I see it in, some, in the middle of San I mean, you could have said the same about Olam, right? A couple of years ago. And here he is, he's done okay at Independiente, right? Everything's kind of blowing up around him I now, see him at Independiente or San Lorenzo if Armiron... Continues, Alonso continues to play like this. If, if he he plays his, his car right, he will be or a possi- Possibly a river, kind of a tactically fits, a, yeah. a decent fit once Gosharo decides to move on. Because it has to happen at some point, right? Could be an interesting call. No, you know, just speculating, of course. If Copa America is awful for Argentina and Gosharo moves to the national team, you, you mean? Uh, you know, I heard from, nice, from, from, nice. from, from uh, some uh, friends from, from France. That, that sounds like alliteration. Um, that he's considered to PSG, which is yeah, kind of interesting. I'm yeah. Guessing he's oh. glad he didn't take up the chance to go to Monaco. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> because it's a real, real, it's gonna stay forever. Though. Indeed. Um, those are all the latest questions, so thank you very much for sending yeah. them in. When we come back from this piece of music, you'll hear the first Mystic Sam section of 2019. There is no visiting guest. Uh, prediction for this week because I forgot to ask. Uh, <laughs> don't go away. We're not used to having games in January, that's why.
Okay, as Andres just said, the, the real reason was that I'm just afraid to, to lose to a challenger. Um, but here goes. These are the first times that I'm actually bothering to look at this weekend's fixtures. So, these are off the top of my head. Godoy Cruz versus Lanús. I'm going for a Godoy Cruz win. Banfield versus San Martín de San Juan. Oof. Uh, Banfield win for that one, I think. Defensa y Justicia versus San Lorenzo. Ooh. That's a good-looking game on a Friday evening. Defensa y Justicia to win that one, I think. Tigre versus San Martín de Tucumán on Saturday afternoon. I think looks like a draw. Huracán versus Rosario Central. I'm going to go for an Huracán win. Lots of home wins so far, aren't there? Atlético Tucumán against Gimnasia. I'm going for a draw in that one. Aldo Sibi versus Racing. I think it's an away win. Uh, Sunday begins with Independiente versus Tacheres, which I'll go for a I have absolutely no idea what's happened with either of them in pre-season, so I'll go for a draw. Belgrano versus Union. Um, I'll go for an Union win there. River versus Patronato. I'm going to go for a River win, stick my head out and say that the champions of South America <laughs> can beat Patronato at home. Newell's Old Boys versus Boca Juniors, I think is a Boca win. Colón against Argentinos Juniors. I'm going for Colón to win that one. And Estudiantes against Belles. Um, I'll go for a Belles win. Okay. Some decent looking games this weekend, chaps. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see uh, the last one. Pulga back in action. For Cologne. For yes. Cologne this time. It's going to be after, very strange after, seeing him after in black a few, red, After but. a few Sabalos, uh, he probably taste in the, in the literal. Yeah, I'm sure he's been enjoying himself. Independiente Tacheres, Etienne de Belles, I think they will be. I think Tacheres is going to win that one. Because it's a little bit more stable than independent right now, I think. Defensive Justicia San Lorenzo, I, I think also will be. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, the way that San Lorenzo played against Huracan. But Defensive Justicia. Well, the way that San Lorenzo played with 11 men against Huracan, yeah. it was fairly. <laughs> I think they might be able to get a point there. If San Lorenzo can maintain a full complement of players on the pitch, then you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it will be interesting as well Sunday evening seeing River and River and Boca both playing on Sunday. I mean. For most of the first few years of this podcast, that was just nailed on. It was like, yeah, of course, it's River and Boca. And the last, the last two so spots far, of the Sunday. For the last like twelve or eighteen months, this this really feels like the two biggest clubs are back in prime time now. Yeah, um, and none of them, are. none of them playing at eleven in the morning. No, no one. Yeah. Uh, the f- the no. earliest game. This <laughs> Even the average. That's stupid. No, because it, we're still in the we're still in summer. Yeah. Um, Unless you want to yeah. people to die. Until March. Could be interesting, but no. I mean, Come Colón on. against Argentinos at 11 in, in Santa Fe with, with the sun. Yeah, you can, you can put a few... A few Rodriguez might yeah, yeah, you can put some fish on the stand like, and yeah. it's going to cook itself with yeah. the sun. Well, imagine when Patronato have a home game. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically the same. Yeah. Or Atlético Tucumán. Yeah, you are at home. Yeah, it sounds like fun. I did that when I was younger. Yeah. Anyway, those are this weekend's fixtures. Uh, there are some entertaining ones and some not so entertaining ones in there. We hope, whichever ones you watch, if you do watch any of them, that uh, you will enjoy them. For now, it is uh, thank you for listening and goodbye from Andres. Thank you, goodbye. From English Dan. Goodbye. From Tony. Goodbye. And from me, goodbye. River Plate versus Union has just finished, and it's finished River 1, Union 2. Union playing a pretty intelligent counter-attacking game. 
River once again looking rather disjointed and their goal came uh, quite late on when Fernando Quintero seemed to basically get fed up of seeing his teammates waste chances and just twat one from a mile out and uh, it bounced off uh, Jonathan Bottinelli Union centre-back and went in um, another poor performance from River and they've lost consecutive home games for the first time since 2013 according to the television caption that's just come up <laughs> 